Good morning uh, to the Carlton faithful. This is Tony DeBolfo um, speaking to you here from the uh, Carlton Media Centre at Icon Park. Um, I'm uh, opening the betting today uh, for the two tones. Uh, you might find that somewhat surprising. We are one tone down and yet in many respects we have not lost a tone because in the absence of Tony Moclair, who is, at, as we speak, on Kangaroo Island, it is a great pleasure to introduce one of the great Carlton men and a fellow Tone, Mr Tony Tardio from 3AW. Tony, good morning Tony to you. Tony DeBolfo, uh, wonderful to be here. Let me say, it is a big honour to be and to hold this particular microphone that I've got here with the Carlton signage on it. It's uh, great. And big shoes to fill too. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. Tony, I'm sure uh, you'll capably do so, Tony. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous about it. You shouldn't be. In fact, you should be uh, being a great Carlton man, upbeat, buoyant and, and total, totally... Um, in love with life at the moment, given the events of last Sunday evening at the MCG. Well, I, I am, and I tell you why I am. Number one, because we won, but I've got a young son at home, Damien, and uh, his life and his moods depend very much on how Carlton goes on the football ground. Well, and he was all over the place. Well, I on saw the him. I saw him down there in the winners' circle uh, at the weekend, Tony. And what you say is totally right because. Thinking about the that win, that meritorious performance in the wet against Essendon, you actually come away as a supporter, you feel good. Yes. It, it is actually good for the health. And it's been a long time since Carlton people have perhaps you know, had an opportunity to feel that way. And probably one of the great highlights of the, in the aftermath of that performance to, to, was to actually see and, and feel how Jack Silvani felt in the, in the wake of that first win in a Carlton Guernsey. Absolutely, and I think it's been 13 matches since Carlton uh, had a win, which is, uh, you know... Unlucky 13, Tony. This is, this is unheard of for it, Carlton. Yes. And, and really, when you look back, it's been uh, a pretty challenging, uh, well, I won't say 20 years, but I'll say maybe 17, 18 years. I mean, 99, we made it to the grand final, which was a pretty good performance in mm. itself. And, of course, we had the highlight of 99, which was the preliminary final against uh, Essendon. But since then, it's been uh, pretty, pretty tough. It's been, but, but that's where you get character from, Tony. Well, that's very true, Tony. Perhaps people of our generation have seen great successes at Carlton. We well, have. Yeah. But you know what? The, the, the next one will be the sweetest for sure, given what we've been through. Well, you know, I'm sure Damien is pretty much like every other supporter. And he says to me that... Uh, the longer it takes, the sweeter it'll be. Uh, but he says, you know, he's scared that when he when they finally do win a premiership, his his interest is not going to be the way it is now because they just haven't been able to win yet. He hasn't done it. In, well, you see, he was really young when they won in '95. He doesn't really have much of a memory of it. But I, I mean, I told him, Damien, I remember 1968, and I remember, you know, the '79 and '81 and '82, and I was there in '87 on 31 or 32 degree day. So we've had big success over the years and uh, it'll come back and, uh, you know, I like what I saw on the weekend. When we reflect, uh, when you reflect on those great days at Carlton, it would be remiss me not to ask you this question. You've obviously been a lifelong Carlton supporter, Tony, but what was the trigger? Was it, was it family? Was it fate? Where you lived? What was the story? Well, I, uh, I grew up on a banana plantation in northern New South Wales 
And because I was from Melbourne, and I was originally born here, but I was two or three when we left, I always had this you know, big interest in Melbourne, and I loved to know what was going on. And Carlton was a big suburb. And not only that, but Jezza was the, uh, and Barassi were the only players that seemed to travel over the boundaries, you know, north of uh, Victoria. We didn't know any other players. We had no idea who Ted Whitten is. It wasn't until I came back to Melbourne. So that was uh, why in the 60s uh, I, I sort of uh, fell in love with Carlton. And in, I remember being uh, at my un- on my uncle's balcony in Coffs Harbour overlooking the town during the 1973 grand final. Was that Carlton Richmond? Carlton uh, Richmond it was. Richmond won that they game. They did indeed. Yeah, I have a memory of listening to the call on the radio and hearing the... The boom of the huge MCG. I mean, in those days, there were over 100,000 people in the ground. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I had a soft spot for Fitzroy as well because I lived, not lived, but I was born in Clark Street in Northcote and Fitzroy was just across the river. Yes. And I loved the Fitzroy theme song because it was the French national anthem. So, uh, you know, I did have a soft spot for and I felt sorry for them when they, you know, when the AFL made the decision. It wouldn't happen now. It wouldn't happen yeah. now. They'd be protected. But when you mentioned Jesselenko, it's very funny you should do so because the great man was into the club earlier this week because he's at the 50th anniversary of his first game for the Carlton Football Club is fast right? approaching. And what a player he was, Tony. Well, yeah, he was a man, you know, like a... <laughs> Uh, a genius of a player, and that mark that he took in 1970 is iconic. But also the other thing that I liked about Carlton and Jezelenko and all of these names, you know, you've got a, a name with a vowel that ends, you know, ends in a vowel, I've got the same. And this is what Carlton and football and these sort of guys, the Silvanis, I noticed there was a video at the front when I came in, they integrated us into the Australian way of doing things which is what this club and other clubs have done, but particularly Carlton, I, I think. There have been a lot of... You know, I always tell people, which is a great question to ask at, uh, you know, uh, uh, nights when, you, when you're asking questions, who is the only Italian-born AFL-VFL player? I know you know the answer. Peter Bevilacqua. And he's the only guy born in Italy. He's born in our town. <laughs> and played for the Carlton Football Club. One I think he's, he played game. one game, that's and, right. And it wasn't even here, Tony. It was at Arden Street, an away game against North he's Melbourne. Right. So, uh, but uh, He's still alive. Still alive. He lives in Tasmania, Correct. We need yeah. to get him on. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it's lovely to hear you reflect, but we need to look at uh, the more immediate events. And, of course, we turn our attentions again back to the MCG uh, last uh, Sunday. A 15-point slog in the rain, um, uh, as has been noted, Tony. Um, a game where Carlton really had to prevail, you know, to first of all get the lead and then protect that lead in a really, really um, difficult game physically. Um, the conditions were atrocious. We rarely see it these days. As you said off air, you know, you remember the days of the old glue pots yeah. at Glen Ferry or wherever. I must say the ground held up magnificently. It did. You know, you don't see any players come off with any mud nowadays. You, you do not. But there was so much, Tony, to like from the, the team performance. Um, there are so many highlights. And we, we have here, you know, before us, Mark Murphy's, um, you know, game as captain of the club. A great captain's game uh, marked by a magnificent captain's goal oh, to the punt goal. road end. It yes. was a, a brilliant goal. We had five teenagers all 
um, being so remarkable in their poise and, and maturity for their 10 years. Harrison McCready, Petrevsky, Seaton, Jack Silvani, Wietering and Tom well, Williams well, in his first game. Well, Petrevsky, Seaton. Now, that's a hyphenated name if ever I've heard. Yes, one. yes. Uh, that was his first game, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. Petrevsky, Seaton has started the year uh, playing for the club. Right. Uh, Williamson was in his first game okay. at the weekend. But I think what those boys collectively have brought to the place is this dynamism that is rubbing off on the senior players. It's, it's, uh, they, they are truly leading the way for the club. And I think it's, what's interesting, Tony, with the younger guys these days, they don't have any worry for reputation or who they might be lining up on. It doesn't mean a thing to them. Well, they've got no fear. No fear. And they, and they just attack it. And, and you know, um, I can remember when I, you know, was a kid that, you know, you, you thought you were... Um, you know, unbreakable. You know, and that's Invisible, how they absolutely, absolutely, and that's the way they're playing. And it's and, and this is really rubbing off on the on the group as a whole. Um, the back uh, six of Carlton. I mean, the team within the team. We've got players like you know Sam Rowe, uh, Plowman, um, Sam Doherty now, Simpson, the the old head. You know, Sam Rowe. He's he's um, he's been miserly three games. He's kept Jack Revolt, Jesse Hogan, and now uh, Joe Danaher to the collective tally of one goal. And, I mean, he's been enormous. And I think it's just – I think as, as time goes on, we're seeing this team gel to understand Brendan Bolton's game plan and to, and to really deliver it with great effect. And I, and I think it's so exciting to see this group developing. Absolutely. I, I like, too, the balance of the, uh, the older players and the younger players. I mean, yes. you've got to play the younger players. I heard Dermot Brereton, I think, talking about this during the week. You've got to play the, uh, the younger players, but you just can't play the younger players because you don't want them demoralised. No. You know, and and, I, and uh, they showed some pictures uh, of, uh, you know, players marshalling other players, which I really liked as well. You yes. Know, like if you're a senior player and you know with you that we you know how to play the game and where what to do and stuff, you know, like that's what you've got to do it on the ground. Well, and, very uh, true. I've heard it said, Tony, that you know coaches don't have the opportunity really to impart a message direct until the the, the breaks. You know, quarter time, half time. Why wait? You know, if the players are out there and they see something that's amiss or isn't right, it's up to them yes. to 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 take take the lead and, and to get it right. Absolutely. And so what you're doing is you, you, you're forcing these players to think about their performances and, and what's best for the team. And I think what's great about it, Tony, is that we're seeing a collective improvement across the board. O- on Sunday, it wasn't so much the fact that Carlton won, it was how they won. Yes. And, and that is pre- perhaps what's most inspiring about this team at the moment. Well, there's also, I mean, I see some, some good players coming up. I mean, I really like Wietering. Yes. Wietering's a magnificent player. Do you like him forward or back? It's the great well, question Well, that's the football. question, you know. Like, I like him forward because I want him to kick goals, <laughs> but I don't want to <laughs> let goals go. So, uh, but he came off the ground. Uh, what's, uh, what's the story with him? He's, uh, no, he, well, he, well, he got a, a, a pretty nasty he, uh, knock to the head. There was a, an inverted head clash. He, he was actually forced by Fantasia into, into Hurley, and they, he and Hurley clashed heads, and he came off second best. To his credit, he came back onto the ground and, and showed tremendous heart, you know, and, yeah. and, and we certainly needed him when the whips were cracking later in the game. So he's not concussed or anything like that? No, no, that, no, uh, he, he's, uh, he's okay, finished off the game strongly and uh, will no doubt be there for the Gold Coast match. But it was just, there were just so many things to like about this performance. You know, young Williamson, we talked about him, boy from Ararat, he said after the game, Tony, that uh, he felt right at home, it was Ararat weather. <laughs> and uh, he didn't have an issue. A lovely, lovely uh, player, uh, 
a beautiful mover, ranging left foot kick. Uh, reminds me a little bit of the of the fellow at uh, Hawthorne, Isaac Smith, the way he moves. So just right. a very good. And and again, another kid that just hasn't let the the team or the club down. And um, you know, we're going to see more players like this bob up through the course of the year and get games into them. And that can only be good for Carlton. Absolutely. Now, it would, it would have been a great moment in the rooms because uh, we had a, a former president in there uh, giving him the, uh, the Guernsey, is that right? Uh, Correct. Stephen Kernahan before the game, gave uh, um, uh, Tom Williamson his uh, uh, Guernsey and, and spoke about leadership, what he it did, meant to represent the club. He didn't sing in there, did he? <laughs> no, he, 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 he spared us the ordeal. <laughs> Tony, but it was lovely to see him back in the room. Now, there's a Carlton man through and through, you know, and uh, it must be particularly heartening for Sticks to see the team on the on the rise yes. because, you know, you talked about those 15 or 16 years that we were in the wilderness and Sticks tried to keep the club afloat. Well, he, you did, know. he did keep it afloat. That's you know, right. Uh, That's right. And instrumental uh, in, uh, in a lot of things. And, uh, um, and given the career that he had here uh, and seeing what was happening when he was the president, it would have been a pretty difficult period. Very true. Him. And you mentioned 1968, the grand final against Essendon in 68. Another person conspicuous by his presence in the room afterwards was um, the former number 32, Brian Quirk, who actually kicked the last goal in the 68 grand final in the third quarter. It was a low-scoring affair and he kicked the last goal of the game. But Brian was there to ring the old time bell prior to the match uh, okay. for the club. And um, so to be there for the Essendon game, to see history repeat on the MCG, I saw him in the rooms after the game and I said to him, he was there with his grandson, I think it was, I said, how do you feel about that? He said, I shed a tear today. And he said, so that was, that was what that performance mm. meant to a, a player who's been there to the mountaintop for Carlton against Essendon. So what what this is doing for the collective psyche of, of uh, the supporters of Carlton, you know, it's, it's just magnificent, Tony. It's great to see. Well, as we said earlier, uh, before we got on, you know, confidence is a big thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, like uh, you can have all the skills in the world. Greg Chappell was the best batsman that Australia produced for many, many years. And he went through this period where he kept getting ducks all the time because he lost confidence uh, so no matter what his technique, no matter how good he was previously, when he was in that confidence uh, lull, uh, it was pretty difficult. And that's, that's the thing about it. Once you have a win like we did last weekend, uh, and let's say we have another one, uh, what does that do to your confidence? It would be enormous, I would think. Absolutely. And, and it will continue to grow. You know, it's, um, I, I think what we have to hope now, looking ahead to the Gold Coast, which we have to, I mean, it's a very short turnaround time to Saturday night. So the the coach and the players have had very little time to dwell and, and savour that victory over Essendon. And this is a danger game too, isn't it? Because uh, Gold Coast didn't start that well, but they had a big game last week. Well, they demolished Hawthorne. Yes. You know, they really did. And and obviously, you know, with with Gary Ablett under such scrutiny the... and and finding form and preparing for game number one hundred for the Gold Coast Suns this week. Tony, it'll be a big game for sure. Now, this is at the uh, MCG. Um, I thought it was at Eddie, Eddie Head. Head. It is at Eddie Head Stadium, uh, Tony, and we would expect uh, Carlton people to turn out in force on the strength of that performance against Essendon last week. And and the players, you know, really feed yeah. off the energy that bring, the supporters bring. Bring your Carlton scarf. Now, Tony, I heard on the radio, I heard some guy ring up Neil Mitchell saying that the, uh, the Hawthorne scarf was 
was 15 centimetres shorter this year than last year. Is the Carlton scarf the same length? Uh, I haven't been out <laughs> with a uh, with a, a ruler to measure up, so you've caught me quite was cold. Was complaining about it because his scarf kept falling off? Oh, and then he I, compared it to the Melbourne scarf, and the Melbourne scarf was fifteen centimetres longer. Is, is that right? Well, I can't answer that question in terms of scarf length, but I uh, noticed we we had it. Uh, the uh, uh, it was um, not white this time. Now, was that the first time we've ever had a uh, a jumper with uh, without the white? Well, we've uh, had we've had it in the reverse. Like if we played away, you might have the the blue monogram on the white background or there's that or the M&M's game was still the white well, CFC. Well, I think it's the 20th anniversary of the M&M's It is, game it is up. indeed, it is indeed. But th- this was the blue-out Guernsey, so it was the, the Guernsey against Essendon was designed to be a throwback to the old streets of Carlton and the blue stone that, you know, that was so conspicuous in the, in, you know, the old, you know, Grattan Ligon streets, yes. down those sorts of things. That but obviously worked. Uh, it worked for Jack. Jack loved it, you know. And um, as I said, he was so um, so thrilled with the outcome. You know, first win the Carlton Guernsey. I, I just couldn't believe that. I know Jack. It seems like a, a long time ago that Jack Silvani made his senior debut, and yet to think that all that time he's never played in the Carlton victory. Well, I remember seeing him here against Essendon, uh, the the uh, practice match last year. Remember, it was a warm day and a uh, big crowd turned yes. up. Yes. Uh, Yes, I think they ran out of pies and hot dogs <laughs> that, uh, that 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 day at half time. Very true, very true. And yet, you know, you mentioned the M and M's game. You know, twenty years ago, there was a fellow that played in that game um, whose name escapes me for the moment. I've relayed this story before. Um, South Australian player who played one game for the Carlton Football Club, and that was the game. So unfortunately, his only keepsake from that game. <laughs> He's an iridescent <laughs> blue Guernsey, um, <laughs> right. unfortunately. But he treasures it. It's uh, in a frame and on the wall of his yeah, bar back home in Adelaide. Um, Tony, we, um, we've talked a lot about the game uh, and we did mention in passing that great goal of Mark Murphy's um, at the punt road end, that banana kick that uh, delivered with great effect. Um, now, would, he, would they practice that? Uh, oh yeah! You know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And Have you he, seen him do it here? I, I haven't seen him kick the banana. I, I, you, you tend to see, um, you know, the, some of those goal sneaks more perfecting it. You know, you might see, um, you know, maybe a, a Jared Pickett or, or Young Fisher, guys that you know float around the forward pocket, and they do it automatically. So. I don't know where Murphy pulled that one from, but it was a great goal, and I'm sure he—I'm he, sure it wasn't an accident. I'm sure well, it was led, by design. Led back and just sort of like uh, you just that, that curve on the ball was. Uh you it know. was a great goal and a great captain's goal at an important time of the game. And that's what you want your captain to do, to stand up when, when the situation demands. You know, and Murphy, Murphy, you know, he's only a man of, of small stature. He gets precious little from the umpires, in my opinion, because he's one of those players that puts his head over the ball. And football's been cruel to him. You know, he's, he's, he's suffered a lot of injuries through the, through the journey. That's, that's part and parcel of the game, of course. But um, the good thing with Murphy, Tone, is that he's had a full pre-season and it certainly shows that his body is standing up uh, for him. And um, I think it was mentioned by Lockie Plowman this week when I spoke to him that there's only three players really that are um, uh, physically not quite there at the moment. And that's a good result leading into the season. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, Tony, you being a, a, a football follower, a very intense football follower, what do you think of this sort of a deliberate out of bounds because it happened in that game on the weekend? Look, the ball bounced three times before it I mean, I, 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 it was to our advantage, I know, but uh, 
was that deliberately out of bounds? I must admit, it, it, was, a, it was a tough call. But look, players are pretty smart now on how they use the ball. And uh, they've got great control in where they want the ball to go. Um, to keep the game going, I can see the method behind the madness in, in umpires making But imagine call. if that happened in a grand final and... You know, it was to our disadvantage. Would, would it happen in the grand final? <laughs> no, it, it would get back to the courage of the umpire to make the call, wouldn't <laughs> right. it? But, but look, I think what it might do, collect, you know, generally speaking, is to try and encourage players to keep the ball alive. I don't think that's such a bad thing myself, to keep the game going. I suppose what it comes down to is, do we want to see the ball kept in play more or do we want to see boundary throw-ins? Well, you'd always go for the latter, you know, to see the game yes. flow. So... I don't think it's a bad thing, and, and I think if, if players get the message, you'll find that there'll be less, less, and, t- less. less and less that, that that free kick is called. So that's my take on that, Tony. Um, it's probably time for me uh, to give my votes for the Carlton-Liston match uh, round three. Not an easy thing to do, Tony, because we had a lot of good players. Uh, however, uh, I begin with one vote to um, uh, our full-back of the day, but also of the year at the moment, Sam Rowe. Um, Sam, in the past three weeks, has taken some big scalps. Round one, Jack Revolt. Round two, Jesse Hogan. And round three, Joe Danaher. He's kept the three of them to the collective tally of one goal. And that has got to go a long way to Carlton winning games. I give two two votes to his offside, Lockie Plowman. Great rebounding defender, GWS recruit. Certainly vindicated the faith of our list manager, Stephen Silvani, to get he and Marchbank across. Uh, Plowman at 22 is going to be there for a very long time uh, on, uh, as a, you know, faded member of the back half. And uh, Marchbank alongside means that we're in pretty good hands with our, with our youth. And three votes to the, the man of the moment. The captain, Mark Murphy, couldn't floor his, fold his game. A superb uh, game from the leader. Everything that you want from your captain, Murphy delivered, um, and it was just great to see him leading from the front. So that's my three-two-one. Now, Tony, we have the game against Gold Coast Saturday night at Eddie Head Stadium. Um, we want the place packed to the rafters. Are you are you available? Are you heading along? What will you be doing? I'm actually going on a fishing trip. Uh, are you, Tony? Yeah. So, uh, You're not going with Jez, are you? He, he likes fishing these days. He? he tends to head out the titty rather than get to <laughs> football well, matches. I, I know where he lives, actually, uh, off our toner there. He's got perfect posse for uh, yeah. fishing there. Yeah, well, there. he'd be up for it. If you're going fishing, you might, you might have lot, to get in touch of, with him. A lot of good flathead out there. <laughs> and they're big <laughs> where do, ones, Where do you too. go? Well, uh, we go off Queenscliff. We go off uh, Werribee South. Werribee South we've been a, a few times lately. Yeah, yeah. Catching these big bay trout, yeah, big yeah. and they're beautiful in the oven. You yeah, know, like uh, yeah, yeah. Werribee South is the place to My go. My great uncle it. had a little shack there when he first came to Australia. He used to catch flathead down there, so obviously it's a pr- pretty good spot. Well, I think they're getting bigger than flathead. There must right. be something in Werribee that they feed, they <laughs> feed on. Because <laughs> I caught one the other day, about two weeks ago. It was uh, we measured it. It was fifty-five centimeters. And it had two big fillets on either side, or as big as my arms. They were huge. Yeah, beautiful. Good eating too. Absolutely. And great yeah. to pull in too. Magnificent. Oh, when you feel that tug on the line, you go, yeah. gee, I've got a monster here. Yes. You bring it up and there's this huge <laughs> flathead. Can, uh, you, and a euphoric moment that can only be truly measured 
by a Carlton victory uh, in terms of the comparisons, Tony. We hope that this is the beginning of a role for the Carlton Football Club. I'm sure you'll be... I'll be listening to listening. it. Don't you worry about that. Oh, yeah, and if I'm near a television, I'll be watching it, absolutely. Yeah. And, and in closing, Tony, while I have you here, you know, you've been a supporter for a long, long time. What does Carlton actually mean to you? Uh, look, um, it's, it's, I love it because, uh, you know, I've been to a couple of the Carltonians functions, which is also uh, fantastic. And I, I remember talking to... Uh, uh, I was sitting next to, I think it was Dot, who's a, a lady who's been following Carlton since... Th- she was Miss Carlton 1947, she said. And she told me some wonderful stories about what it was like in the early days. And I think that's what it is, the history of uh, of Melbourne, really. I mean, uh, and the players that have come through, their life stories, uh, where they came from what they've gone on to do. I mean, you know, I see Jack Elliott come into uh, work every Friday to talk to his uh, son, Tom, and uh, Tom and I chat about Carlton uh, all the time. And, 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 and he's another big Carlton icon. I know he's, he's, some people like him and some people don't like him. But his heart was always in the right spot for the club. Uh, so that's the, what I like about uh, and for Damien, my son in particular because he's a really big football mad, uh, for him the winters would, he'd be lost in winter time without it you know, he watches all the football uh, shows, he watches all of the games he knows every statistic that there is to know and, uh, and through that, it's like it permeates into me <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess it's too that when you were a kid, you followed it, and now you're older, and you're still a kid when you're following it, but you're older. You're an older kid, uh, and to watch young kids when they come into the ground and uh, see the players, you know, get an autograph or something, like they're heroes. You know, I remember seeing uh, James Gobbo in the rooms one day, and uh, here's this guy who was the governor of Victoria. He was a Supreme Court judge, and he was like a kid in the rooms when he was with the uh, the Carlton footballers. That's what football does. Very well said, Tony. It's a lovely note to end this uh, uh, discussion today. It's been a pleasure to have you here and to hear you reflect on, on the club and what it means to you, and good luck with the flathead at the weekend. But keep uh, an ear to the, the radio and keep calling Carlton so glowingly as you do on 3OW with Tom. It's lovely to hear. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's been an honour and a pleasure and a privilege to be here uh, in these magnificent... Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never been to these facilities here at uh, the old Princess Park, come and... Uh, it's, what's it called? Icon Park now, is it? Uh, there's some wonder. Have a cup of coffee and have somebody. Can you have lunch here? Of course it? you can. Of course you can. We'll, we'll put pasta on table. Why not? <laughs> uh, excellent. You come along here and enjoy it because I tell you what, it's uh, it's uh, it's really come a long way. Thanks again, Tony. Arrivederci. Good luck to everyone who listens to the two tones, and we'll be back with Tony Moclair uh, next week. Thank you. Ciao.